Welcome back into Bearcat Rewind as we had a bit of a hiatus since the last episode we had with Dave Tolson, but diving back in today, a special guest, we have Charles Gadd from Northwest Missouri State Football, a safety uh, for the Bearcats here joining us. And of course, Charles, with everything going through the first month of school and you're diving into, into you're getting your master's, we've got football games, everything. Have you kind of felt like you're kind of into the groove of the semester and everything's kind of getting to the point where, all right, you've got a schedule each week, games on Saturdays, and it's just kind of rolling right now? Yes, sir. Um, I have a pretty pretty tight schedule, actually. Like, I have to – it's crazy because Mondays, like, I can't really practice because we have those late practices and I have a late class at 6.30. So I have a pretty set schedule, but I'm I'm into the groove now. I'm getting used to it, like – knowing when to wake up in the morning and be here to watch film so that way I got time. I also work at the rec center, so I have a pretty tight schedule. When you think about having the classes you have and having to miss one day of practice and kind of trying to fit everything around being a student athlete, is that part of just being an upperclassman of like, I can handle this better, whereas, I mean, I think about being 18, 19 as a freshman and not being a student athlete. It took me a while to prioritize. As an upperclassman, that just kind of come with the territory? Yeah, being an upperclassman, you kind of like have to have that maturity about yourself. And missing that one day is, you know, it's pretty tough. But that just makes me go watch film during the day on Mondays. Like I'm up here for probably about an hour and a half with BC watching film. So that way I know everything that's going on. Like we talk about calls and everything because we put in new stuff each week. So that way when I come in Tuesday, I don't miss a beat. Is there some benefit to that, too, of having that one-on-one time with BC and watching tape? And, I mean, just a guy that's been around football a lot, being a student of the game, that you can kind of – the physical part's important, but you can kind of ingest that mentally, too. Yeah, because usually when we – we don't have much – we have about an hour of film as a group. So he encourages us to come up and watch film during the day on our own so that way we can get the one-on-one coaching or if it's me and Shane together just to get that chemistry back there. Like right now we have all four starting DBs in the room together, you know, talking through routes and talking through things. So being up there with BC and getting the extra knowledge is just always good. So that way when you're out on the field, you always have those in the back of your mind. Northwest coming off a 59 nothing win over Lincoln over the weekend. and You come away with four tackles. They're great plays up and down offense and defense. But I feel like the one that Bearcat fans are going to have stick in their mind, kid coming across the middle and, and you laid him out. I mean, you put that shoulder right into his chest and put him down. That play happens so fast. Can you take me through that? Do you remember that one, that kind of slow motion in your mind? Oh, yeah, I definitely remember that play. That's, that's one I remember for a long time, too. But, um. Really just, you know, playing playing the defense the way I'm supposed to, you know, and like like they say, when you do your 111th and you do your job, like plays will come to you. So just being in, really it was cover four and I had a guy go shallow under the, under the linebacker. So I let it, I let it flow and just took my eyes to the middle of the field and the guy just ran a post across the middle and he was there, so I just hit him, and his helmet came off. I did try to hit him as hard as I can, though, so I tried to make it clean and use my shoulder so it wasn't a targeting call because I know that was probably, like, what they were thinking on the sideline. But as I watched it after the game, like, it was a clean hit to me. I just put my shoulder into him. So big play. You know, when plays come my way, I try to seize the moment. So I feel like if you see some of these on TV and they happen so fast, that in the moment the official's mind says, man, helmet came off, big hit, I got to throw a flag. But you really did line that up cleanly. We kind of had that straight-on shot from the press box of the way that all came down. When it happens that fast, how do you put yourself in position to make sure that is a clean hit and you're not getting that targeting call? 
Um, just being a smart player, like I try not to use my head during tackles, period. So I knew if if you go back and watch it and watch it in slow motion, I kind, I kind of was overrunning it just by looking at the quarterback's eyes. And when ball came off, I looked to my right and saw the receiver. So I tried to like square myself back up. So that way I didn't use my head during the tackle. So it was a, it was a quick transition, but I did my best to use my shoulder and not put my head into him. There's a lot that goes through your mind in a bang-bang play like that. At what point do you decide between I'm going for ball, I'm going for hit, trying to jar that loose? Um, I kind of had a – that play should have been the interception, like when I go back and look at it. But I was trying to play it safe just to make sure, like to help over the top because I really didn't have that guy. Somebody else was covering that guy. But it was just me helping over the top. So at that moment, once I seen ball off, I knew it wasn't going to be an interception. So – if I would have tried to go for the ball, I probably would have missed the tackle and not made it. So I'd rather have them have a catch and make it a bang-bang play than give up a touchdown. I'd rather them get the first down rather than a touchdown. So that was my thought at the moment. Well, a game like that against Lincoln, Bearcats get a big win, and it's one of those that kind of felt like a get-right game. Now you've got a 21st-ranked team in the country, Central Missouri, one of the highest-rated offenses that loves to throw the football. As a defensive back, this is one kind of you really look forward to because that's a good challenge for you guys. Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a good game. Like, can't look past him. You see him obviously has had a lot of success this season and obviously passing the ball. They have some good receivers. They have a good quarterback. But on our side, I feel like if we go out and do what we're supposed to do, play the calls the right way, and everybody's doing their job, everybody's on the same page, I think I think we can come out and be on top. We just have to do because I think we match up with them great. Their receivers are – we have good DBs. But if we go out there and we play the way we're supposed to play from the minute that clock starts, I think we'll be good. We're four weeks into the season, heading into week five, a matchup with UCM. Bearcat fans got just a quick snapshot of Charles Gaddy a season ago. And, and you come out with five tackles, a forced fumble, a two forced fumbles, a pass defense against Fort Hayes, and then a knee injury takes you out for the rest of the season against Fort Hayes. I mean, we were only tw- two quarters in. But you're projecting to be an all-MIAA player just all over the field. How hard was that going through that season of like, man, you started off so fast and then it came crashing down so quick? Um, I never had a season injury, a season-ending injury before that. So it was tough at the moment. And, you know, like a lot of people used to ask me like, hey, like, do you think having that great game is like, a bad thing because you got to come back and do it again. But I've always been a person who believed in myself and I always have self-confidence when it comes to the game of football because I know the work that I put in. So when I got hurt, it was a little depressing because I never been through that situation before. But as I worked through rehab and I just truly know myself as a player, so I didn't let it set me back. I just tried to I was new to the program, so all I did was try to stick around, be around the team more, keep learning the defense, so that way when I come back, it's like I didn't miss a beat. And obviously, I'm back playing healthy, still making plays, so I didn't let it set me back. But it definitely was a process I had to get through mentally and physically, obviously. But I overcame it, and it feels great to be back. A little bit of fall camp or maybe even the first couple weeks of live action against, uh, you know, going through Emporia and and, uh, Fort Hayes and starting things off, was there any point that kind of you were a little hesitant to make sure that the knee was up to where it was before, or was that alleviated pretty quick through your physical therapy? Um, so going through spring is when I was limited. Like they had me going out there just doing 707. Like I couldn't be a part of any team segments and I couldn't participate in the spring game. 
which was a little downing because at that moment I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I felt like I was. And, you know, I think that's just coming from being out all last season and just putting the pads back on. It's like it felt great. So I'm like, I want to do everything. But the trainers knew what they were doing, so I couldn't question them, you know. But, um, no, no, I haven't, I haven't doubted myself or been hesitant about anything. Once it's game time, I know it's game time. And the other team, I don't think they actually care about what I feel or how I'm feeling, so I can't care, you know what I mean? So, But I, like I said, I just always had that confidence. So once I step on that field, it was just, you know, go time for me. And I didn't start the first game. I got to rotate in a little bit, and I think Coach noticed, like, okay, he's back, he can do it. And I started Emporia, and, and I had a great game against them, even though we took a loss, so that doesn't matter. But just playing-wise and being quick and confident with the knee, like, it was, it was good. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Now back to this week's interview. Tell me about your journey to Maryville. You're from Douglasville, Georgia, so you're outside of Atlanta. You go on to Western Carolina, and now you're here at Northwest Missouri State with a couple seasons to wrap up your career. What's the transition like to Maryville, and ultimately what, uh, what made you a Bearcat? So to correct everybody, I know a lot of people don't know this. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Um, that's where I was until I was about 15 years old, and then I moved down to Douglasville, Georgia, which was a great transition. Um, becoming a Bearcat – it honestly wasn't a tough decision. Um, going through the transfer portal and everything, you know, you talk to a lot of schools. Obviously, coming from a D1 school, you have other D1s looking at you. I had some pretty good film. So a lot of schools reached out and offered me, but Northwest was the first to get on it, like, right away. Like, I talked to a lot of schools, but when I talked to Northwest, it was a different feeling. It was like, hey, we got an official coming up. If you want to come, we can get that flight booked. Boom. So I had three visits set up, and Northwest was the first one. And I got here. I didn't really get to meet any players because it was spring break around that time, so a lot of guys were gone. So I just got to meet the coaching staff and see see the campus. And what really stood out to me was my meeting with Coach Wright. Like, BC talked to me about defenses and all that. But when I got a chance, and I really – liked him and the way he talked to me over the phone while I was still at Western Carolina. We had some great conversations, but when I got here and I talked to Coach Wright, it wasn't one of those conversations where, and I tell a lot of people this, it wasn't a, one of those conversations where he's like, oh, Gaddy, you're going to be the guy when you get here. You're going to be a starter. You're going to have this much playing time. It was no promises made, but what he did promise me was that I was going to feel that family culture, and that was the biggest thing that stood out to me because a lot of coaches, you know, they they t give you all these dreams and like, hey, when you get here, we need you to be the guy. Like, that was never the case. He told me I was going to have to earn a position, and coming from the program I came from, at the time we weren't having much success, which they're having a lot of success now, but at the time I was coming from a losing program and just to hear him talk about the winning culture and they don't win – based off just guys being that good. It's more so the culture and guys buying in and being a family. That was something I wanted to be a part of, so it made my decision easier. And I let Coach Wright know right then in his office, like, hey, I want to be a Bearcat, and I just 
I didn't take any other visits. Like, I closed the deal right then and there. Did you come to Northwest thinking, you know, if things go right, then I'll say, hey, I'm in right away and I'll cancel those visits? Or was that one of those kind of spur of the moment, like, this is it. I know this is the place I need to be. Yeah, that was it. Like, I didn't even tell my mom or anything before I committed. Like, I didn't, I wasn't on the, I showed my mom a few of the facilities. Like, the facilities were super nice. So, obviously, that caught my eye. But when I watched one of the videos that Coach Wright put on for me, and it was just showing me, like, how the guys cheer each other on. Like, it was the little things. Like, in the weight room, everybody shaking hands after every rep. Like, that was something I never seen before. So, that made it a lot easier, and it wasn't a hard decision at all. Like, I knew right at that moment, like, hey, this is something, like, I always wanted to be a part of because it kind of reminded me of my high school culture. Like, we were a family there, and that's why we had a lot of success at my high school. So that was something I was missing, and I just wanted to be a part of that again. So it wasn't a hard decision at all. Like, I let Coach Wright know right then and there, like, hey, I want to be a Bearcat. And I also let the other schools know right away, like, hey, we can cancel those visits. Like, I think I found my home. So... Northwest has a history of having a lot of All-American, first-team All-MIAA defensive backs. And there's a lot of responsibility that's put on the safeties that goes into this defense that, that Coach Wright is running there with Coach Boswick in BC. What is that like, and, and what is, on a day-to-day -day basis, on a week-to-week -week basis, kind of what you're having to learn and trying to direct traffic for the rest of these guys? Uh, I would say playing safety here isn't an easy job. You know, you have a lot of responsibility, whether that's telling the linebackers where to line up, letting, letting corners know, hey, when motion comes, we have to switch to this, and knowing things just pre-snap and knowing what's going to come. So playing safety here is, is a tough position, but they definitely prepare us the right way to know what we're doing. So it takes some slack off, like, like I said, like meeting with BC one-on-one, and Coach Wright is always hard on us, but it helps us on Saturday. So... Playing safety here isn't an easy job, and I like, you know, I like a challenge. So every week I go out with that mindset, like, hey, I gotta lead, I gotta be the quarterback of the defense, me and Shane. So we have to talk to each other and also talk to everyone around us. So I like being a safety here because it's it's a challenge, but it also helps you become a student of the game. So a lot of Bearcat fans are still getting to know Charles Gaddy. You're at Western Carolina. We were talking before you played. At Alabama in 2019, what, 2021 against OU, mm -hmm. had a career-high eight tackles until he had 10 against Emporia State a few weeks ago. Take me through playing at a big stage, especially that game against OU, and you do come out, you're flying all over the field, and that's one of those of you know the FCS against a, a FBS school, and you're not even supposed to play well or be in that game, but it seemed like you rose to the occasion. Is that just Charles Gaddy, big stage, I'm going to be there? So I would say – in 2019, when we played against Alabama, I was a young guy at the time. Like, I didn't know I was going to be a starter that game. And I was obviously going against, I think they had, what, six first-rounders on that team. And I will, I will be honest, I was honest with myself. Like, I wasn't prepared for that game. Like, I thought I was. But after playing that game, like, it really, it really hit me. Like, hey, if you want to play in the NFL, these are the type of guys you're going to play against and line up against every day. So... I knew at that moment, like, hey, we're going to have some more big money games the next couple years. Like, so I had to prepare myself different. And going into the Oklahoma game, like, I just told myself, like, hey, this is the moment you asked for. Like, you wanted this again, so go out there and show what you can do. And obviously playing in Georgia, I played against a lot of those guys in high school. So I just told myself, like, hey, man, it's no different, you know. So I just went out there, and I had the confidence that time, like, hey, I'm ready. And I went out there and had a, a career game at the moment. So I just prepared different and I was ready for it.
you know, in Northwest, a lot of expectations come with being a Bearcat football player. And, of course, you talk about the stage of playing Division One against teams like Alabama and OU. As a guy that comes into the program for the first time, do you kind of feel the weight of the paw on the side of the helmet of just what that means to, to Maryville and the Northwest community overall? Yeah, and, like, a lot of people talk about the D1 aspect, but I'm one of those guys, like, the past is the past. So coming in here, I knew, like, they have a, a, a winning culture. So whatever I did at Western Carolina doesn't matter because at the time that was not a winning culture. So I knew I had to come in and live up to the expectations that they already had set from being a Bearcat and just even playing that first game and sitting out, I still wanted to be a part of the team watching games and the way they win is just based off everybody trusting each other and trusting and coaching. And so it was just a great feeling, you know. I definitely knew I had to live up to that standard, though, being a Bearcat. Like, everything in the past didn't matter. So I just wanted to prove myself of being a Bearcat, Charles Gaddy being a Bearcat, not being, oh, he did this at Western Carolina. No, I want to do it as a Bearcat now. So, All right, so Charles Gaddy, but around Lampkin Activity Center, known as CHOP. What's the background of that nickname? Um, my father, Drill Rossi Gaddy, he passed away when I was six years old, and he went by the nickname of Chop. And he had other kids. He has actually a lot of other kids. I have a lot of siblings. But everybody always tells me, like, since I was younger, like, man, you remind me of your dad. You remind me of your dad. You act just like your dad. You smile like your dad. Like, everything I hear from, like, his friends till this day, like, everything is like, bro, you remind me so much of your dad. And I remember being younger, like, people just used to say Little Chop. Like, I have my own nickname, but people used to always say, like, that's Little Chop, that's Little Chop. And I know, like, with my dad not being here, it motivated me through a lot of things as a kid because, you know, as a kid, not having your father, that's kind of a struggle. You know, you miss out on that man being in your life, like, teaching you how to be a man. And I had my granddad, but it's still a different feeling not having your father. So that nickname just stuck with me, and I know – he would be proud like that I kept the legacy going to that name. So it just stuck with me ever since then. And not only keeping it going, but now here at Northwest Missouri State, people are going to hear chop and know what that means. It's not a bad nickname for a safety either. Yeah, because if you think about it, like a lot of, and now I have number one. So some people call me like chopstick because of the number <laughs> one. So, and it's like a, a hit stick name because I tackle pretty good. So. I think that name is pretty cool, and it goes with everything that I do when it comes to football, so I like to keep that name. But I also let people know, Charles, they can call me that too because my granddad's name was Charles, and my first name is named after my granddad. So I take pride in both names, so it doesn't really matter what people call me, but I do like the name Chop a lot. We'll have to break Chopstick out in the radio broadcast this week, and that's pretty good. So your girlfriend, Isla, works in the school district, right? Isla. Play college basketball? Mm-hmm. Who, who's the better athlete, you or Isla? Nah, I'm going to have to go with me, man. <laughs> Would she say her or you? Um, I think she'll probably say me, but when she was in her prom, she basically was, you know, the same. Like, she didn't just play basketball. Like, she played basketball in college and lacrosse, so she was a double sport athlete on scholarship. <laughs> she played both sports. I know in high school she did volleyball, track, soccer also. So she's an all-around athlete also, so she – she has a mind for the game, too. Yeah, <laughs> She can get after it. Yeah. What's your second sport if it's not football? Ah, man, to play? Yeah. So I was a basketball player my whole life. I'm pretty trash now because I kind of took <laughs> everything. I kind of quit basketball and never did it again. Like, I don't even like playing pickup anymore. But I'm really into boxing. Like, I don't – I did it 
I didn't really do it, but like I've always been into it. Like I love watching boxing, so I think boxing is a sport for me. Like I love to watch boxing, so I would say basketball or boxing if it wasn't for football. So post football career, you might be a boxer, or at least maybe the workouts. Definitely, I think the workouts are great. Like they keep you in shape. I think if you play any sport, I was actually talking to one of my teammates about that. Like this summer, just going to do boxing workouts because they get you in shape, and it's pretty tough. It's not for the week, so I want to try that out. Like being a football player, I think that can help me in a lot of aspects of like body control and abs, like having a tough core, things like that. So I want to go try a boxing workout this summer. Football player, people think of just like tough guys and that mentality that comes with it, but post-football career, also thinking about being in education? Yes. So growing up, like I said, I lost my father at a young age. So I did a lot of therapy and guidance counseling myself and guidance counseling. I think that helped me in the long run. Like it just, it just showed me how to like overcome things and ways to cope with things. And I think a lot of kids need that in their life. So I want to be able to give that back to kids that went through what I went through. And I'm actually working at the high school now, which I met your wife a couple of days ago, you know. I'm working at the high school now with a kid, and I already can relate to him on a lot of aspects. So it kind of hit home, and I want to help him, and I want to be able to help kids that went through what I went through at a young age. You know, I think so much of we think about coaching, and there's that chance to get one-on-one with student athletes, and, and that's really huge for a lot of them too. But then there are certain kids that just – aren't into athletics that you can connect with that way. So that's kind of a cool avenue to take there, too. Um, obviously, you work down the hallway with uh, Brandon Clayton, the defensive backs coach here at Northwest Missouri State, who was an all-MIAA performer back in his day. Could BC still suit up and go? Uh, he gets out there and runs with us sometimes, but I don't know if he still got it, man. I don't know if BC still got it, but he was definitely a heck of a player in his time. Like, we watch his film, like, come up making hits. You know, he was guarding some NFL guys. Like, BC had it. I ain't seen him do nothing in a while, but he definitely know how to coach it the way, you know, like, so you could tell he was a good a good player back in the day because he knows what he's talking about. If you just listen to him, he, he, he knows the game. Not a big guy either, but he could hang. Yeah. We'll get some seven on seven and see what happens yeah. out there. Uh, all right. Uh, last one to leave you with, then I'll let you go. I appreciate your time today. You mentioned actually from Detroit, and then you end up moving out um, into Georgia. Mm-hmm. So would you say you're more like uh, Lions and Tigers fan for Detroit or more like Braves and Falcons out in Atlanta? Oh, no, I'm Detroit to the day I die. Yeah. I'm a Lions fan. I don't watch baseball as much, but since I'm from there, I'm a, I'm a Tigers fan. I definitely watch. I grew up going to Pistons games with my granddad. Like He used to take me. And I got to meet players at a young age, so I always have love for the Pistons, even the Red Wings. I don't watch hockey, but I'm going to support every Detroit team that I can. Um, I like to watch other teams, too, because I like to watch the game for, like, the exciting players, like players who make plays. I like to watch everybody. So, But when it comes to teams, Detroit is definitely my home. Hey, that's being true if you're still a Lions fan through everything throughout your life. So, <laughs> Charles, thanks so much for your time. Good luck this week and the rest of the season. Thank you for having me, man. Thanks again to Charles Gaddy joining us here on Bearcat Rewind today. And thank you for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next week.